a high high volume, like a shocking high volume, and down <laughs> down my leg into my sock. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one of the Squadron. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today's episode is an introduction to myself and to uh, my coach, Traver Bohm, who we will get to in just a minute. But I wanted to walk you through uh, the purpose of this project uh, in case you haven't checked us out at thesquadroom.net, and this is your first exposure to us. The Squadroom is a podcast that uh, I have started and that is devoted to optimizing the physical, emotional, mental, environmental, and occupational health and wellness of law enforcement officers and first responders uh, all over the world. Now, that's a mouthful and that's a lot of stuff, but what that really entails is tackling any subject that might improve our wellness and our commitment to ourselves and our loved ones and the communities we serve. This podcast is going to have three elements to it. The first being uh, interviews with subject matter experts who can share their knowledge uh, of their area of expertise with peace officers. Uh, second subject area is going to be interviews with inspirational active duty or retired law enforcement officers who have something of value to share with current active duty law enforcement officers, either uh, a success story or a story of survival or uh, how they've implemented some of these things that we talk about into their own life and how it's improved their life and how it can improve yours. The third part of this uh, little experiment is about me, and it's a documentary style uh, display of trying to implement some of these own things in my own life and uh, applying these to trying to get myself into optimal physical shape, optimal emotional shape, and optimal uh, mental shape, and and then um, maybe trying to share some of the lessons that I've learned. Topics we're going to cover are primarily, or a heavy emphasis anyway, on physical fitness and training as training yourself as a professional warrior athlete. And in episode three, which is posted along with this episode, we talk with Greg Amundsen from uh, CrossFit, former DEA agent, former deputy sheriff, who shares with us why he thinks that cops need to treat themselves as professional warrior athletes. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, sleep hygiene and sleep disorders and diagnosing sleep disorders, um, something I have very intense uh, personal experience with already. Uh, we talk with uh, Dr. Joel Fain in an upcoming episode about uh, identifying PTSD signs and symptoms and what to do and what are some of the things that we can do to uh, prevent that from happening, but also how we can uh, identify those things if they're happening to us or to our friends. Um, another p- aspect of this is uh, mindfulness and developing an, a habit of mindfulness or gratitude and what that might entail. We talk about some logistical issues. Uh, such as how to, if you're just starting out and just trying to figure out how to find your fitness, um, what are the things you should consider when picking a gym? And uh, if you decide to pursue picking a coach, finding a coach. And I don't mean a personal trainer, um, though there's nothing wrong with uh, selecting a personal trainer, but really finding a coach. And that will be a theme as we go about building the team around you that makes you uh, that professional athlete, but also um, the most professional version of yourself. We're going to talk a lot about uh, building resilience and courage for change and also managing the stress of our profession and how that affects the intimate relationships within our lives, with our spouses, with our children, with our brothers and sisters and parents, any loved one who's out there 
because they are affected by the stress of our job almost as much as we are. And uh, again, in, with the episode with uh, Dr. Faye coming up, we'll even touch on that as well. So uh, a quick background on myself. I've been a sworn peace officer in Southern California for nine and a half years. Currently, I am a patrol sergeant, and I uh, work with a great group of people, uh, and I get to go out every day and uh, fight the crime and chase bad guys, as my uh, three-year-old says. Uh, I do have two young children, and uh, I'm married, um, so there's a dynamic there that anyone uh, who's got kids and works this job and has a, a, a relationship with a spouse that uh, is a juggling act will dive into a lot of the things and the issues that come from that. Um, we will talk uh, in this episode about uh, how I hit rock bottom physically and the things that that caused um, mentally and emotionally to start caving in that then led to this project. Um, we talk a little bit about uh, if you already do CrossFit or is it right for you or uh, the traditional gym or how uh, picking a program and, um, and, and so forth. There's a lot of good information in here. Um, the most important thing I think we talk about today is the importance of finding your A point. And we talk about it as your A point in terms of getting from point A to point B. But your A point is really where you're starting from today. And the importance of being honest with yourself about where you're starting from and where you want to get to and how to start mapping that out. Um, as I said, I, I am a current sworn peace officer. Uh, I've been doing it for an, enough time to know now that um, there are some detrimental effects to the job. Uh, I uh, have recently experienced some on-duty related injuries and back injuries that are results of carrying around 30 plus pounds of gear and uh, the rotating shifts that my department does um, have caused me to be to the point where I am heavier than I've ever been and I want to change that badly and I'm kind of over this yo-yoing of losing some weight and then creeping back and losing the weight again and creeping back and I want to get to a habit of fitness and I mean fitness in all its realms. So when I shared this with my coach Traver, who's the head coach of uh, the CrossFit gym that I go to, uh, or co-owner of the CrossFit gym that I go to along with his partner Eric Malzone, he was very enthusiastic to get on board, enthusiastic to get on board, and uh, encouraged me in my idea to maybe share this with other peace officers, other law enforcement officers around the country, around the world, in hopes that uh, if you're driving around wondering uh, how to start, maybe me starting this project uh, or starting this project of myself uh, might spur some uh, conversations with you or spur some conversations with your uh, loved ones or just spur you to uh, get motivated and find your own fitness. Um, I care passionately and deeply about this audience of my fellow peace officers and if it means putting myself out there a little bit, sharing some very embarrassing stories, and so be it. I'm happy to do that if it means that I'm helping other people out. Uh, so without any uh, further delay, let's get to my conversation with Traver. He will explain his athletic background and his uh, background in mindfulness and uh, mental training. And he's, he's a very interesting guy. Um, so uh, let's hear from him. Um, all right. Let's do it, man. Here we are. Well, we're recording. Okay. Awesome. 
All right. So uh, I guess first off, uh, I've already explained to people what uh, I'm doing. Excellent. Um, but at, uh, it's probably the best point at the beginning to explain <laughs> <laughs> explain who you are. Sure. Okay. So who is who is Traver? Uh, my name is Traver Bohm. I'm one of the owners of CrossFit Pacific Coast and Gravitas Performance Lab, and I am a coach. I work with people of all walks of life on their health, their wellness, their their happiness, and their improving their quality of life. That's what I do day in, day out, and it's it's what I love to do more than anything else in the world. And you you have an interesting background. Yeah. You you are you maybe you're the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Walk us through uh, your athletic background, sure. your college, what you did after college, where you traveled and where you grew up and what all that, how that all uh, made you who you are right now. Sure, sure, sure. So I grew up in a little town in Wilton, Connecticut. Uh, wasn't that interesting. And then at about age 10, my family got moved to Tokyo, Japan. And I spent five years there and then moved back to Connecticut. And throughout my life, I was an athlete whether it was swimming in high school, soccer, uh, started doing martial arts in high school. My mom stuck me, I think, in a judo class in like third grade just because I was bouncing around the house. I had two older sisters. Um, swam and did that all the way through high school and then went to college and swam. I played water polo at Boston College and studied Asian philosophy. So took that then and then went back to Connecticut for a bit and just sort of screwed around. And then came out to the West Coast, and the West Coast was really where I got interested in uh, real martial arts. So I was working for a guy named Gavin DeBecker, interesting cat, and one of my bosses there worked, uh, worked out at the Inosanto Academy. And he sent me there, and, and Dan Inosanto was one of Bruce Lee's major students. So I went there and was doing some Jeet Kune Do and saw these guys always in the corner and they were always just beat to shit. They had bruises. They were banged up. And I was like, God, what are they doing? And I went and talked to one of them. And they're like, yeah, we're shoot fighters. And this is back pre-MMA. So they introduced me to Eric Paulson. And Eric Paulson was my first shoot fighting instructor, or what now is modern MMA. And uh, long story short, I ended up leaving Gavin DeBecker after an incredible sort of around-the-world trip with a client and uh, decided that, Instead of working for him, what I really wanted to do was help people with their health and really wanted to do was help people live a, a far better life than they were. And I couldn't figure out a way to do it. I didn't want to go to med school. I didn't want to be a doctor. I have a lot of respect for doctors, but think that they're, they're stuck in a different paradigm. So I went to acupuncture school and studied traditional Chinese medicine, which grabbed me because I felt like it dealt with people at the root level. So as opposed to my arm hurts, let's cut your arm off or put a Band-Aid on it. Let's figure out what about you and what about your lifestyle is, is making your arm hurt. And I think it was about my first year, at the end of my first year, I sort of freaked out because we had to sit for like four hours at a time in classes and I did not sit well. And I had said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to Thailand and I want to kickbox. I want to fight over there. I have to figure out some, some answers about myself before I can really work with people one-on-one. -on -one. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I went to Thailand and I was kickboxing there, and I got the shit beaten out of me in my only fight there. It was horribly <laughs> embarrassing. But <laughs> when I was there, I met these two other Americans, one named Glenn Cordova, one named uh, Cordoza, one named Eris Kraus. They were there writing books. And Glenn was about my size, my weight, but, God, he was so much stronger than I was. And so I asked him, what are you doing? What is it that's the difference between you and I? 
and he said, there's this, this weird thing that I do back in the States called CrossFit. Look it up when you get home. Now, this is maybe 2006, 2007. So CrossFit was not the CrossFit that it was, it is today. Right. There were... It's not... Yeah, it's, it, it was small. Yeah, there were about eight gyms in the world at the time. So I came back to the States and I looked it up and I found there was a gym in Los Angeles. And I waited about a year, year and a half because um, it was further away. And at the time, decided transitioning out of kickboxing, I really wanted to do MMA. I really, really wanted to fight. And so I did my first professional fight and was so tired at the end of the first round that I couldn't see straight. Literally was sort of blind in the middle of the match. And I remember my corner guy saying, like, just, just try to keep your eyes open. Hit whoever's in front of you. You'll be okay. And at the end of that fight, I sat down with myself and said, okay, I've got to get my conditioning figured out. So I went to this CrossFit gym. And uh, it was CrossFit Los Angeles or at the time, Patronic Fitness, and it just changed my world, Garrett. It completely restructured how I thought about health, how I thought about fitness, how I thought about my body, how I thought about community, how I thought about athletics, fitness, movement, you name it. And I was there for two or three years, I think, and also going back through acupuncture school and finishing that up. And the two sort of came together in my last year, I wasn't planning on opening a gym. I wasn't planning on pursuing this professionally. I'd gotten done fighting and had seen what CrossFit had done for my strength and conditioning, but I'd also seen what it had done just for my overall life in general. And I had a patient who was in for weight loss, an uh, older woman, and she asked, she said, you know, I, I need to lose weight. Can you help me? Can you stick some needles in me? I was like, well, let's talk about putting together a program for you. And I designed something right then and there. I was like, all right, I want you to go home and walk around the block once. And then next time you see me, I want you to walk around the block twice. And I want you to write down everything you eat for me and bring it in and, and we're going to work on this. And I, I gave her like a 30-minute pitch sort of on, on let's make your life better. And I got done with her and she looked me right in the eye and said, I don't really want to do anything of that. Can you just please stick needles in the right places to, to make me lose weight? <laughs> I was like, all right. So I sort of threw my hands in the air. And she had also told me that the night before she'd eaten two Big Macs because she got coupons in the mail. And so here I was trying to design an entire program for her. And she couldn't get over the fact that for $1.25 off, she could kill herself with food. <laughs> and that's where she was at. And that, and that was really a light bulb for me of saying, okay, people didn't need needles. They didn't need herbs. They didn't need me to sit in a room with them one-on-one -on -one and, and talk about health. They needed basics. Human beings, especially Americans, needed basics. We mm -hmm. needed to move. We needed to, to know how to feed ourselves. We have to know how to take care of ourselves. And most importantly, we have to have the presence of mind and presence of being to say, okay, this is important, and, and this is why it's important. So that led me to, uh, to deciding I really want to open a gym. I had no idea what I was doing. I sent a text to my good friend from college, Eric Malzone, who I'd gotten into CrossFit just from sort of word of mouth and chatting with him. I said, hey, what do you think about coming down to Santa Barbara with me and, and opening a gym? He's like, oh, I'm going out to dinner. You know, let me get back to you. And literally a half an hour later, he wrote me back and said, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious, man. I'm serious. And he was living in San Francisco at the time. And, and he flew down about two weeks later and we just hashed it out on a piece of paper and said, you know what? Screw it. Let's roll the dice. Let's see what <laughs> happens here. That's sort of the, the, what brought me to CrossFit and then what brought me to Santa Barbara and what brought me here. And how, how long has the gym been open now? Gym's been open for, well, coming up on six years in June. Excellent. Yeah. So recently you opened and you mentioned it, you opened Gravitas. Mm -hmm. 
um, maybe explain the difference between the two and then maybe for the CrossFit become such a big thing. Right. And um, I'll say for listeners that this is not a CrossFit podcast. This right. is not yeah. CrossFit specific. It's more about finding whatever it is that inspires you to go out and get fit for me and for you and for many others that happens to be CrossFit, but yeah. that's not the only way no, that no, people no. can get fit. So, uh, don't, uh, start throwing out accusations of, you know, this occult podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, uh, but, but it is a very big deal uh, in your life and it's been become a, uh, a central in the way that I choose to, you know, find my fitness. Yeah. Um, so Gravitas is slightly different. Sure. So Gravitas, so CrossFit is a great group model. And we found that it works really well for people that are very social and like to be in a group class and don't really have or, or don't want a very specific goal sorted out. So it's most of them want to just get fit, want to enjoy their lives, want to have fun. It's sort of like the being on a team again. And, and they know that some days when they come in, they may be doing work that's not exactly the, what they want to do. And Gravitas was our way of saying, okay, there's a group of people that one doesn't thrive in the group environment. They just don't do well with 20 other people around them or 15 other people around them. They don't do well in a competitive environment. It just doesn't serve them, and that's okay. Or they have very specific needs, and we want to address those specific needs in a, a more surgical manner uh, that's one-on-one, and they need more attention than they're getting in a group class. So we created a separate section to our business that lets someone like yourself or, or, or someone like you come in and say, hey, this is working really well, but I want to take it to the next level. And randomized programming or <laughs> hey, 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 randomized working out isn't the best way to meet a specific goal. It's, it's a great way for general fitness. It's fabulous for general fitness. And it, it, it answers a lot of X factors that working out solo doesn't. But for some people, it's just not the best answer. Sure. And I think that's what, uh, you know, I've been a member of your gym since, uh, what, 2012, I guess, late, late 2012. And um, I guess uh, now would be a good time maybe um, to talk about wh- what got me to kind of come to yeah. you with this position or with this this idea. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I guess the easiest way to do that, too, is maybe just kind of go through my entire history, not yeah. only because now you are um, coaching me individually yeah. and specifically, but for people out there to understand, um, I am not one of your elite athletes, right? I am not the guy who's at the top of the whiteboard uh, every day, and I'm not there every day either. Right. And I have some work challenges, some life challenges Absolutely. that I think a lot of people have that a lot of people struggle with. And trying to figure out how to balance all these things, but um, and you have some unique challenges given your job. I think that's that's something important to address too. Yeah, and and definitely uh, why you know I I love the group training aspect of, of the CrossFit, and uh, that to me was one of the biggest motivators. Uh, it was as much it was reminiscent of the the academy for me mm. um, when you're working out with uh, a large group of people with a common goal, all doing the same thing. Um, except in, in the CrossFit gym, I'm just not getting screamed at by a TAC officer, right? right, right, right. I don't have the threat <laughs> of being fired or being uh, called out for, 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 uh, for my efforts, right? So, uh, you know, the coach in the, in the gym is like, you know, they don't exist, but the, the positive TAC officer, yeah. you know, or, or, 
or drill instructor for a boot camp kind of situation. So, but I, I left the academy in the best shape of my life because oh. you did it three or three to five times a week. Right. And it was, um, like I said, a group, very challenging group workout. And it wasn't a, it wasn't CrossFit workout, but it was in it, but it was very similar in that it was just all, almost all body weight movement. Okay. And a lot of running, way more running than I ever want to replicate. <laughs> so, um, we've talked before, uh, uh, kind of about my history a little bit, but, um, for everyone else listening, uh, kind of going back to high school, um, never played team sports, never had any interest. Um, I tried out for the baseball team and made it, but I quit cause the coach was a dick. Uh, <laughs> and um, wasn't good at basketball. I had no interest in playing football. Um, I was into cycling and okay. mountain biking. Now, this is an audio podcast, so there's obviously no video for people to see that I am not built like a cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> I am built like a tight end, if anything, right? <laughs> uh, probably these days more of a defensive linebacker. But w- for some reason, my whole life, I've been in- engaged in or curious about um, endurance sports. Okay. Triathlon was another one that I tried early on. Um, but just, I am just not built for doing very well at those. And if you're not very good at it physically, it can become very frustrating quickly. And definitely, um, and then, uh, so finish high school, go to, go off to college and, uh, I discover, uh, the beauty of beer (laughs) (laughs) and I went to school. I went to school in, uh, in Fort Collins in Colorado. Um, which at least at the time had the most microbreweries per capita in the nation. It was yeah. a small town, like a hundred thousand people, but it had uh, new Belgium and a bunch of others. And, uh, I lo- you know, when you go to a school where the dollar beer night is not Bud Light, but it's fat tire, Oh wow! you take advantage yeah. of that. But, but there are repercussions <laughs> that come later on when you're not 19 anymore. Right. <laughs> and you don't have the metabolism that's, that's, that's right. firing all cylinders in college. I had horrible horrible uh, maintenance or health maintenance uh habits i picked up smoking oh. for a while um like i mentioned drinking and i was uh starting my career in the music industry so i was out late at clubs and hanging around uh you know way past bedtime mm-hmm. so to speak um after school i moved to new york city and the challenge there was uh, a great town of course i was making 20 grand a year <laughs> in new york city yeah great right so I subsisted largely on spaghetti and have heavy, dense carbohydrate food because it would yeah. fill me up and it was cheap, right? Yeah. I could still go buy a pack of spaghetti for a buck and a jar of sauce for a buck, and that would right. get me through two or three meals. Um, that eventually, of course, too, added up, right? So I left New York after about a year and uh, moved to Los Angeles. And the move to Los Angeles was great for a lot of things, one of which was... Uh, well, I quit smoking cold turkey once I left for L.A. Good for you. And then I did the Body for Life program. Okay. Which is that EAS supplement yeah. company, Bill Phillips. Um, it's a very traditional gym-based. It's very strict with food and you log things. But I learned a lot. And I also lost 53 pounds wow. in 12 weeks. Wow. And I was 23. Okay. So I had a lot of... A lot of uh, positive benefits from that. And as a result of that, too, I picked up cycling and mountain biking again. Excellent. Which uh, will continue to be threads through some of this. So I entered the academy in 2005. Like I mentioned, uh, I, 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 I had lost that weight, but I started to slowly gain it back. I entered the academy in okay shape. I certainly wasn't the worst. Um, but by the end of the academy, uh, was it was in the best shape of my life. And kept a lot of that. Um, through the first couple of years of, of being 
a sworn officer and then um, had some kids mm. and got married. Mm-hmm. And those uh, things started to, you know, take some attention. Mm-hmm. I've always been a member of a gym somewhere with 24 hour fitness or a, uh, I think I've actually been a member of every gym in town. Okay. So I've done different things, but I, and I've always maintained a membership. I've just never been, I've never always been, um, specific or pointed or directed with my training. I'm the guy who would go into 24 hour fitness and like kind of stare at the weights and figure out figure what out am I going to do today? There, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was those things. And as I mentioned, I picked up mountain biking again. Well, in 2011, I broke my back mm-hmm. on a pretty gnarly mountain biking accident. Um, broke my T12 oh, wow. and separated my right shoulder. I broke my four front teeth. Oh, wow. And, uh, Oddly, the most painful part of it was I uh, tore all the tendons and ligaments, not all of them. I tore all the, I tore some tendons and ligaments on the backside of my skull. Oh, wow. The ones that attach the muscle, <laughs> the muscle in the skin to your skull. So if you imagine like trying to look behind you as you, as you drive in reverse, like you're backing out of the yeah. driveway, I couldn't move any of that. And it was the most excruciating <laughs> pain. It was, it was horrible. It sounds it. <laughs> so I break my back. I end up in a back brace for three months and I gain 40 pounds. Okay. Um, so I'm almost back to square one again. Right. So after about a year of trying to do rehab and physical therapy and all those other things, a partner suggests that I try CrossFit and specifically for the mobility stuff of people like Kelly Sturrett and his mobility wad series. Um, right. cause I was having a lot of tightness and problems in my back that I just couldn't, I couldn't fix and that were going to be chronic if I didn't manage them. So I started looking into it and I looked, uh, a bunch of videos online. Um, this was still, even in 2012, CrossFit was, it was becoming a thing, but yeah. it's not the CrossFit Games huge Reebok yeah. mega event that it is now. Um, and I walked into your gym and I talked to Eric and did your baseline and, and got hooked. Excellent. Absolutely hooked. So uh, after that, and I learned about, I've learned a lot of things through the gym, but one of those was about the paleo diet. Right. Again, something that's kind of controversial, but has worked for me. Right. Um, and, and to be completely honest, I'm not, I go back and forth, you know, I'm not paleo right now. I'm in fact, I'm the opposite of it. Okay. Um, but on the times that I have done it, I've had great success. So I went strict paleo for six weeks and lost 33 pounds. Wow. Felt fantastic. Uh, my sleep cleared up all sorts of stuff. Excellent. All amazingly positive benefits. And then kind of like the back, I ended up with a wrist injury from work that required surgery. I allowed myself to kind of fall out of the pattern of maintenance and and, um, self-control. And rather than work on other things in my fitness that I could do without my wrists, I I wasted it away. Gained the weight back again that I had just lost through that paleo program. So here I am. I'm uh, 37 years old, right? I got two kids. I'm married. I wrote, I work rotating shifts. Okay. So for, so for everyone, that means, uh, every four months I transfer between days and nights Ugh. and different ends of the week. And I work a three days on four days off, then four days on three days off kind of schedule. Okay. 12 hour shifts. So, and that's really common for your listeners in law enforcement. Yeah. And there's, there's a <clears throat> dozen different ways that schedules seem to work out, but okay. we typically work, uh, either a five, eight schedule five days a week, eight hours a day. Okay. A four ten, okay. Four hours for ten, four days for ten hours, or a three twelve. Okay. We for some reason do some modification. We do like a half, a half and half. But all officers tend to work one of those three. Okay. 
pros and cons to each, right? I mean, if you work an eight-hour day, you have more time off before or after work right. because you don't work so long. So you have ability to go do other things. But you're also working five days a week. Right. For those of us who work like a 312, uh, those 12-hour days, I'm kind of shot. Yeah, of course. But I have four days off to do other stuff. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the specific challenges, which is why I, I came to you and said, I got to figure something out right. that I can do on the days that I work. Right. That is consistent with what I do on the days that I don't work. Right. Because getting in once or twice, and if I'm lucky, maybe three times a week, just, just not, not doing it as I age and as my metabolism takes a nosedive. Right. And I keep discovering new IPAs. So, <laughs> Which I which I sense I'm guessing coming up in this talk is going to have to end. Yeah, we'll, we'll chat about that. <laughs> so, in 2014, um, I had uh, I, I told someone recently that I, I uh, responded poorly to some adversity, right, and allowed bad habits to creep back in, allowed some positive habits to kind of go to the wayside. I had right. started the year on this uh, idea of. Uh, of uh, there's a George Costanza quote the year of, the, the year of George I think it was yeah, whatever it yeah, went yeah. so the, 2014 was going to be the year of Garrett <laughs> where I focus on um, improving myself in in all different capacities right I wanted to stop watching so much TV and and read more and um, work on mindfulness and explore ideas like uh, like meditation Beautiful. and all those things and uh, you know things like uh, Mark Devine's Unbeatable Mind yeah. program which Absolutely. I signed up for and Excellent. I got two or three months into and just kind of stalled right okay so and i'm still a member of that and it's his stuff is is pretty amazing for people who don't know who mark divine is he's the owner of seal fit yep. and crossfit usa he's a uh, former uh commander of navy seals um and he runs a entire program out of encinitas um including the kokoro camp which is some sort of a pipe dream for me to be able to maybe accomplish that at some point absolutely so not a pipe dream, not, not a pipe. Dream. I like that. Yeah. Um, and he's hopefully someone we can talk to at some point about some of the, the mental aspects of what I'm trying to achieve. The extremely unique guy. Very. And, um, he's got a, He's got his own podcast. I would highly recommend people check out and he's uh, got his videos on, on YouTube that are pretty easy to find. Um, so here I am, you know, we're at the beginning of 2015 and, uh, I had, three maybe four kind of moments recently that that brought me to you with this idea okay and it started with uh me just wanting to do this for myself and thinking but but then thinking there has to be other officers out there driving around at three in the morning absolutely beating their head against a steering wheel wondering how do i get out of this funk or how do i how do i lose the weight or how do i make myself better for my family right yeah and i brought this idea to you to to share it um with others in the hopes that telling my story might uh, encourage others to to start making some changes. Right. And I hope that that's what happens. So so I had th- these three <laughs> three or four things happen recently that I thought, okay, enough's enough. I got I to gotta work on something. I got to work something out. Um, you, well, yeah, so the first thing is I was recently diagnosed with sleep apnea, right? Okay. And thankfully I was diagnosed with it. And um, I'm going to have a a guest talk about sleep apnea at a later date. Um, but it's a scary thing when a doctor goes through with you, all the problems that are associated with not diagnosing sleep apnea. The one that scared me the most was your chance of dementia goes up 178%. If you don't have, if you're not, if you're not diagnosed and you don't get it fixed. So now, yeah, I'm one of those guys who sleeps with the mask on his head and 
um, you know, the air pressure, the CPAP machine is what it's called. Um, some of those, some of the reasons I have it are weight based. Some are shift work based, mm-hmm. right? They diagnosed me with shift work disorder, which mm-hmm. just that kind of sounds like bullshit, but, um, Basically, the difficulty of trying to maintain sleep as you move through these different shifts. Right. I don't think it's bullshit. And I've worked shifts. It's brutal. Yeah. It's and you, absolutely brutal. Yeah. So uh, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's one of those things you got to deal with. And right. every cop, fireman, and paramedic out there has to deal with. Right. Um, so that was one of those things. Um, that and, and that was certainly affecting me. And once I got that fixed, it was like a, a huge change. Right. Sleeping better was such a, such a, you don't notice you're not sleeping well <laughs> until you really are sleeping well. And yeah. then. You think, what was I doing? Um, so a couple tipping points that happened. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I was forced to be on the news because <laughs> we had a little incident um, <laughs> with uh, with a gentleman who, who chose to fight with one of my deputies and then run away after being tased and uh, helicopters were called and dogs were, dogs were used for mm-hmm. tracking, et cetera. And, and so uh, I got put on air to do an interview, just kind of, you know, a briefing of, of what happened. And I kid you not, I counted three chins under my, under my, uh, my nose. And I'd like to blame the short cameraman that was shooting because he was shooting <laughs> me from below. <laughs> but Jerk. yeah, I mean, really was like, wow, I, I look like crap. Okay. Right. And, uh, was just kind of taken aback. Like that's the guy on screen right. is not me. Right. He's not the guy that I saw in the mirror that morning. Right. Uh, but there he is. Right. You know, and that's for, that's, that is the, that's the Garrett that everyone else sees. Right. right. And it's like, those are good moments. That was a good moment for me to kind of see that, um, as kind of rough as it was. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Um, a couple of others, this one's embarrassing, but I'll tell it cause I know it's happened to others. So, you know, I carry 33 pounds of gear on my waist, right. And I'm cinched, it's cinched down. It's on a, it's on a belt. It's a lot of weight. Wow. It's a lot of weight. That much. Yeah. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, when you when you wear that belt and you try to take a leak when you're in uniform, doing it when you're heavier is much harder. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, I've noticed during the times that I was lighter, I didn't have this problem. But if you imagine putting a heavy guy into a uniform where he's cinched down with 33 pounds around his waist and around his, uh, you know, intestinal area where those things, bladder and such, where those things are controlled, it's kind of like pinching... Uh, pinching a hose off, a garden hose off when you're doing the watering, right? And you want to stop it for a second and you pinch it <laughs> and then you, you know, so it's not, it's not releasing anything and then you let it go. So it's very similar. It's very similar to try and take a leak in uniform when you're heavy and you think you're done, but really all you've done is pinched off the hose because the minute you relax it by tucking it away, yep. the hose is, the open. Hose is open again, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah, like a high, high volume, like a shocking high volume and down, <laughs> down my leg into my sock. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just, yep. and you know, and I, I had to go sit inside for however long <laughs> until I could try and dry <laughs> off. And I was like, wow, that was, that's okay. That's, that's where you're at. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and then just, just recently, uh, I was, uh, someone flagged me down. I was driving. I was in my patrol car. So obviously I'm working. I got flagged down and the lady came up to me and, uh, she, she, um, looked kind of shocked. And then she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were so-and-so. Uh, and, uh, is he working today? 
Oh, no, he's not. No. Oh, okay. Well, say hi for me. So she obviously knew this other deputy. Well, the problem was uh-huh. uh, he he's one of the heaviest deputies in the department. He's okay. very heavy. Yeah. Um, he's got the 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 double triple chins and, yeah. and, and just and the and the build of a very heavy guy. Right. And I was mistaken for him. Okay. Right. Even in, even if it was just a split second or two where she thought she saw somebody else, right. she thought I was capable of, of being that guy. Right. Now, he's a wonderful person. No, that's not of my course. point at all. But he is actually uh, he's my target audience for this. He's one of the guys that I would like to take along with through this process and, right. and maybe help him change. But um, that's so those were three things that just kind of hit me all within the span of a couple of weeks and thought, I got to come talk to you. Yeah. I got to figure something out. Well, I think it's, first of all, it's commendable that you're that honest. And, you know, Eric has a, my business partner has a really good point that most people, everybody wants to get from A to B. 99% of the people we work with know exactly where B is. Not anywhere close to even close to that number are honest about where A is. So we get people that are like, hey, I want to make the games in three months CrossFit games CrossFit games yeah or hey I want to lose 100 pounds 50 pounds 60 pounds in in the next month and a half like well we've got to be honest about where A is and just the fact that you're willing to do it openly and publicly I think one gives a lot of credence to the fact that you're going to get get through it and and B just needs to be uh, spoken that it's 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 tough and and I have a lot of respect for you for doing this well thank you it's uh yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. I figure part of the part of it is if you put it out there, yeah, uh, and you're just honest, then you, you then you know there's there's nothing left to hide, then there's nowhere to go from nope. but up, right? And you're going to find Garrett that doing that, and, and for the people that are listening, that's when you actually get the real support. We're like, all right, this guy's down. You know, he's being completely honest about where he is. His his life is not where he wants it. I'd love to help him. And that's not just me, but that's that's I think the world at large is going to rally around you for this and, and support you. Yes, there's going to be people that don't understand what you're doing and, and your success will threaten, but don't worry about them. Yeah. The vast majority of people hearing this are going to go, wow, thank God this guy had the, the balls to come out and say, yeah, I pissed down my leg. And that was my rock bottom. Um, it, it's really important. Really, really important. Thank you. All right, so there you have it, episode one of The Squad Room. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at The Squad Room. And on Instagram, at The Squad Room. Our email, squadroompodcast at gmail.com. Our website, thesquadroom.net. If you have a moment and you really like the show and you like what we're trying to do, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It helps us spread the word or on whatever service you use, SoundCloud or Stitcher. Um, but it would mean a lot to us to hear from you one way or another. If you have suggestions for the show, please send them to us. We'd love to hear those things. Um, this is a wonderful community of people uh, with a shared common goal. And uh, just in the launching of this uh, this series, we've already uh, connected with a lot of wonderful law enforcement officers that all want to help. And that's just the nature of who we are, I think. So please send us your suggestions because I know that they'll help the show get better. Episode two is up next, and it's a continuation of this same conversation. I just broke it up because it's a a bit of a different topic on uh, my goals and uh, my plan moving forward. Uh, So that's, that's up next, episode two. Thanks for listening.